Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Eddie has the most melancholy music going on today. I was like, what is up with this? I liked the trap music that he did last week. <laughs> that was so much better. The Christmas trap music. I hope everybody's having a fantastic Sunday. If you're just popping in, I'd like uh, for you to tell me where you're coming in from. Do you know that we got over a thousand subscribers this past week, which is really cool. So if you're new here, welcome to the stream. And I'd love to know where everybody's coming in from. So today we have three articles to cover. One of them comes from Fox News. It's about the um, the hole that we're digging out of. Um, the other, I forgot what the other two are, but we got, we're going to cover them all. We should be having a special guest on, but I don't know. He's running a little late. <laughs> he has to come on here and he's still running late. I'm going to give him garbage about that. That's what we do here. <laughs> so uh, let me look at the comments. Sorry, we only have one monitor now, so I have to do this in order to look at the comments. Oh, here we go. All right. <laughs> oh, we got some people coming in from Charlotte. Hello, Crystal. Go so Idaho. He's obviously coming from Idaho. Long Island, Huntsville, Alabama, Seattle, Washington, New Jersey. Um, what is MH? What does MH stand for? I don't know. I don't know what that state stands for. Oh man, I'm I'm in bad <laughs> Roswell, New Mexico. I used to live in Roswell, uh, Atlanta. <laughs> I used to live in Roswell, Atlanta. Go Hornets. That's the high school uh, mascot for the Roswell Hornets here. Oh, we got a UK. Yay. Oh, it's Lawn. He's in a different disguise. Lawnmower. Coldly analytical. That's Lawnmower, everybody, if anybody doesn't know. Look out for the coldly analytical's comments because they're usually pretty funny. <laughs> so I have some long time... Um, I have some longtime uh, subscribers here in the chat. So <laughs> anyways, I'm so glad everybody's coming in and, and saying hi. So the first article we're going to be talking about today, as soon as Eddie gets the turkey out of the oven, is uh, we're going to be talking about this, um, the hole that they have said that we have dug it ourselves into when it comes to the housing market. And I re recently, and I'm, I'll be putting it out next week, did some research because I don't know if you guys see there is a lot of um, confrontation and uh, discourse between generations, which always happens. And what they what they keep blame they keep blaming baby boomers for the affordability crisis. And I just honestly, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you don't know, the fastest growing um, uh, group of Americans that are becoming homeless are baby boomers. And um, to blame the baby boomers for the affordability crisis for homes is absolutely ridiculous. Now, I mean, it goes on both sides. I've seen people of the older generation saying, oh, well, younger people just need to save up money. Well, it's literally, I mean, when your dollar doesn't go nearly as far as it used to, it's, and you have student loan debt, I can see both sides of it. But um, I think it all comes down to the way everything's working right now. It's uh, a... A divide between the haves and have-nots. The the people that are infected affected by inflation are having no issues and they can't see it. Um, and the people that are suffering, you know, that have regular jobs and are working their tails off, and you know, they don't have a whole heck of a lot, are the ones that are suffering the most. That's the problem with the affordability crisis. And I don't think it's a generational thing. Super chat, thank you, Johnny, with a hundred dollar super chat. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in for it with the hundred dollars super chat. Uh, apparently, and I know what happened with the super chats last week. Uh, I had to verify my identity apparently again with Google. So I had to send in a bunch of identificational stuff 
in order for them to allow me to get super chats again. And everybody, look, we do have a special guest, even though he's arriving late. Everybody, welcome in. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm so sorry. If anybody doesn't know, Matt is coming in from Texas around um, Dallas, correct? Yes, ma'am. How are you? Yes, ma'am. Are you close to, um, like, uh, what is that? Because Killian, are you close to Killian, Texas? Oh, Killian? No. So this is the thing about Texas. It's so massive. You can drive like 13 hours and never leave the state. Um, uh-huh. No, Killian's like four hours from me, which isn't even that far in Texas terms. Oh, I always thought it was Killian. <laughs> It might, well, there, there could be a Killian tucked away somewhere, but Colleen is the one where they have like the military base and like that's where a lot of the guys go. So that's probably, I'm just guessing that's the one you're talking about. K I L L E E N. Yeah. Yeah, that's Colleen. Oh, uh, I, I was been saying it wrong for years. I think Killeen's I was saying that, it wrong. that red beer that you can, that you get from, from wherever <laughs> that's from. Scotland or something. So um, I know that you uh, are late, but did you happen to read that article that I sent you about? The- I did. I did. I took because I did all sport. I just had kid pickup. So I just lost track of time on kid pickup. Yes. OK, so Eddie, if you could put that up on the screen, I greatly appreciate it. Eddie's redeeming himself with a turkey today because he he incinerated our, our Thanksgiving turkey. There was no chance of bacteria ever entering in that turkey that we had on Thanksgiving. Thank God I am really uh, proficient at gravy making because that thing was it was cooked. He thought he read it. He thought he had it set it at Fahrenheit with the t- thermometer. He had it set at Celsius. So he's waiting for it to hit 170. I'm like, this bird looks cooked. So I went and grabbed a regular thermometer. It was like, it was like a hundred, uh, I'm sorry, 213 degrees inside. <laughs> it was cooked. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. Here we go. Uh, the housing market has, has a big hole to dig out of realtor.com. Chief economist says new construction is a, in a multi-year problem, according to uh, realtor.com chief economists. And we're going to take a look at the hot call. Here we go. Da-na-na. Um. Woo, Eddie. Uh, we got a big hole to dig out of. Yeah. Uh, discussing a volume of homes being built today during the morning of with Maria on Wednesday. We do not expect single family construction to tick up next year by only 0.4%. So not a huge gain, but construction right now is on the upper end of what mm-hmm. we've seen uh, it do over the last, uh, last since 2012, she explains. Hale remains optimistic about the new inventory, arguing that the industry will see an improvement, but said the multi, it's a multi-layer problem, multi-year problem. So if we took all construction and put it towards uh, filing that deficit, it's going to take a few years to build our way out of it. No kidding. No kidding. As industry grapples with the inventory shortage of new homes, the idea of owning a home for the first time home buyers remains a distant reality. And this is true of people that are even downsizing because there's people that live in huge homes, but baby boomers that are like, you know what? I have this huge house. Right. And they can't even get out of it because they're like, where am I going to go? There's no, there's nothing for me to purchase. There's no small homes. Well, that's really been the issue that we were even experiencing that issue when the market was booming prior to May of 22, when the interest rates went up, right? Like that, that, that downsizing was still an issue because people were all of their realized equity from the insane market was getting dumped right back into something else. Right. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this has kind of been a couple of, this article touched on a couple of things that once you get to with the first time home buyers and the renters that I think is, is the big deal out there right now. 
there was a question in the chat that says, what do they mean by big hole? The big hole meaning that if you, depending on what statistic you look at, is that we are short um, newly constructed homes. Some say, like, if you look at the National Association of Home Builders, they say it's around 3 million. But if you like at the National Association of Realtors, they'll say it's around 5 million. And then I've seen as high as 7 million homes short. And you're probably thinking, well, I've seen lots of new construction. What they're not telling you is that not only is it short that many homes, it's that many affordable homes. Sure, yes. they've been building, but the ones that they're building are, are not for the average first-time home buyer. And what always drives a home, housing market, no matter how bad it is, is first-time home buyers. And they have basically eliminated those um, over the last 10 to 15 years. So anyways, uh, our October data shows that list prices were flat. Uh, adding to the home prices over uh, the past couple of months have stonewall. Woo, Eddie just jumped the. <laughs> Whoa, Eddie, are you all right? I had there? The picture and jumped way down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you though, Fox this has had the worst robot, website the ever. Rated self-cleaning litter box that removes. Oh, look now, Eddie, turn off the volume. They will pop up with so many stuff, and it's like so hard to read their articles on there. Eddie, this is the beginning of the article. Eddie's are going to get fired today. <laughs> uh, as the inventory grapples, yeah, we've already read that part too. <laughs> Confidence among home builders in the U.S. is plunged for the third straight month. In October, a spiked mortgage rates continued to weigh on customer demand for new homes. Okay, so they have this uh, stat that's out there that says it's called the builder's confidence. You know, so that they just basically pull a bunch of uh, builders and they say, how good do you feel about home building in the next month or so? And they go, we feel icky. I don't even know how they they quantify that feeling, but I guess they have like a nightmare or a dream. And they're like, they feel icky. Um, so, and that usually dictates how many homes are going to build in the future. Their confidence level has been down for quite some time. You know, like it's it's been down. So there, that means... Typically, that means they're not going to build as many homes. And that doesn't really help our problem, especially with looking for affordable housing. Um, so what do you what do you want to say about it? <laughs> well, I was just saying builders. And I don't know if this is I don't know if this is maybe because I live in a larger metropolitan area where there's more competition. But the one thing I am saying that, that I'm seeing that has been really great and I think really awesome for buyers right now is builders, especially builders that have their own lenders. They are offering interest rates that you cannot get at a typical lender right now. Right now, right. you need to you definitely need to make sure you have representation that way, because if you start using the builder rep, the builder's title company and the builder's lender, there's nobody on your side of the deal. Right. But I don't even know how they get away with that. You know, honestly, because I don't know how they get away with that because nobody's licensed. Right. Most builder reps aren't really licensed. Right. You but know, I, they're, you would think the employees. FCC would get involved in that. Right. Because it's like yeah. a consumer is buying a product from the builder and the builder owns the uh, title company and they own the, like they own everything. Oh, and by then the way, they own the comps too, because they don't put those on the MLS. They put all True. the comps in their little file box and only they know what those homes sold for. True. Right. I mean, how many new constructions are really on the MLS for comparable pricing for appraisers to use? None. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's not, not many. Um, and well, I, think I mean, they, they, they'll, they'll be in the courthouse though. They're filed. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, they're not. I mean, they're, the appraiser's not just pulling from the MLS; they're pulling from other areas. But even still, though, yeah. <laughs> and but the incentives that builders are offering right now is crazy because they do. Feel I will like tell you here locally, where we're a non-disclosure state. I, I mean, I would, I, I would love any appraisers to check me on this if I'm wrong, but 
I don't know if our appraisers in Texas do much else than using the MLS. I know they do other stuff, but I'm saying like the MLS is the only place where you can get the actual sales price. It's not recorded with the county here, the actual sales price. Wow. We're a okay, non-disclosure yeah, state. Different. We're a non-disclosure state. So mm. the MLS is the resource. I mean, I've worked with an agent early on in my career who sold exclusively in this you know, neighborhood that was built in the 50s and 60s, right? Nice one-story ranches. Everybody wanted to be in there. And they would sell a lot of properties off market. And then, so those would never go in the MLS, which was a little sketchy on his part to begin with. But then he would have all those comps to go into listing appointments and be like, hey, I know Jeff said he can only get you 500, but I got your neighbor 550 and I'm the only one who has that comp for the appraisers. And he would win business based off that. Ooh, that sounds yeah. snaky. No, this is like <laughs> 10 years ago. So I don't know if you get away with that. Now. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. feel yeah. good about that. <laughs> I, I, I was an assistant at the time. I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to do with me. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. I was just a gopher. Yeah, you, yeah, but um, I do want to apologize to Eddie. I'm not throwing Eddie under the bus. It just, I think he got a little bit of caffeine. Everybody's like, poor Eddie. <laughs> you know? I do. I give him a lot of guff. I can't help myself. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm awful like that. Terrible wife. But um, I just, I the, I don't see us getting out of a shortage of a homes hole. Unless um, we have like incentives for home builders to build more affordable homes. The largest group of people that are trying to get into their first homes are the gen, uh, the millennials and Gen Z or yeah, Gen Z. Yep. Those are the ones that are trying to get in and they're having a hard time, even though they have good jobs, you know, they have yeah. good jobs, they have good income, they have good credit, but they can't find anything affordable for their specific area. Well, the, the game has always been, not the game, but the conversation I've always had with buyers in a market where you could have this was there was something working in your favor, right? Maybe mm -hmm. maybe you didn't have a job that could provide you with the full down payment, but interest rates are great, right? Or or maybe the interest rates, you know, weren't awesome, but you're making some money or we can leverage seller concessions to help you, you know, buy down your rate or, or put towards your down payment so you're not cash poor. And this market, you're struggling to have that, you're struggling to have either one of those, right? I got a buyer under contract the other day that we were able to negotiate some seller concessions, but it, it wasn't yet yeah, Texas one, 12 non-declosure states. Um, so it, it's, 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 it was one of those interesting things where they actually were able to take advantage of the market, but they were a cash buyer, right? So mm -hmm. they, they didn't really have to, to play with interest rate. This is one of those weird things where both of the issues that normally we can talk around are present. And I think that's, what's making it hard for first time home buyers and renters, right? Just renters to get out of that rental game. I know a lot of people who are in their thirties and forties who are having trouble getting out of their rental to buy right now. And, and well, that's where I think landlords are going to get jammed up next year. People are tired of the rent increases and, and rent but where prices are going to start doing something. Yeah. But where are they going to go? Like you, you can get tired of rent increases, but where they have promised so many people that like this year, you know, rent prices will soften. And in some areas they did a little bit. There's only been a little bit of relief, mm -hmm. not, not a huge amount of relief unless you live in an area that had a lot of new construction of apartment buildings. But, yeah. um, you know, if there's not, if you live in an area and rents have been high and you don't have a lot of new construction, where are you going to go? Yeah. Where, I mean, you're stuck. I do think so much of my view on real estate sometimes is a little bit insulated by living in such a major metropolitan area because mm -hmm. we're, we're experiencing that right now. We, um, I've said before, my business partners, and I, we own a property management company here locally too. And we do a lot of single family property management and we are seeing our, our landlords right now having to make decisions around putting tenants in properties around, do you want to wait a couple more months to see if maybe you get somebody else or do you want to lower the rent by $150, $200, whatever that looks like to get a tenant in now? Because we are seeing rents 
get pressed a little bit because there's so much inventory in DFW. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, because I agree. The I agree. Stupid. The rent. Yeah. I mean, like, at what at the height here, what we could have gotten for one of our rental properties was literally the dumbest thing in the whole entire world. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm I can not. tell you, I can, I can share with you what I, this house I'm sitting in right now. When my wife and I got married, we blended our families. We came from two separate areas and met in the middle, right? So we've been looking for a five bedroom because we have four boys and looking for a five bedroom for a year and a half. There's not really one in our school, in our school zone that we need to be in, right? We are currently in a four bedroom, two bath house that is less than 2,300 square feet. It is almost $2,700 a month. That is stupid. Insanity. And it's not, it's not done up. It's not like remodeled to the nines. It's an 80s construction home with a sunken living room floor, right? Well, I'd love Now, <laughs> we won't live in this one again because we're buying now that we've like in the spring, but our landlord's not going to get that rent again when he re-rents this thing next October. No way. I only paid it out of convenience to not move. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have moved, right? So mm -hmm. something's got to affect that part of the market in, in major areas, I hope. Wow. Somebody asked what your favorite Christmas cookie is. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> the ones that I made back in the day with those hard silver candies on the top of them. Everybody give you little stupid shaker things to put on the candy. There was always those little silver ball candies. They're like rocks. Mm -hmm. Those were the best terrible. I like gingerbread ever. houses because I'm a real estate agent. Nah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um. Back to the incentives that builders have been giving. If anybody doesn't know, and you're kind of like in the market looking for a house before you like say, I can't afford new construction, just go ahead and take a look over there because builders are, are buying down your interest rates. They're um, giving more incentives for upgrades. They're giving closing costs now. They don't really want to bring down the price of the house, but they'll give you a bunch of other stuff. So it makes it look like they sold it for that amount of money, even though they mm -hmm. gave you like $7,000 in closing costs and they gave you like 10 uh, grand in the design center. Yeah. $10,000 in design upgrades, you know, they're and they're and then they buy down your rate too, which is yeah. uh, that's expensive on their end. So like they keep the price where it's at, but they're giving you a bunch of incentives that make it a lot less expensive for you. So before you, you know, turn your nose to, new construction, go ahead and take a look at it. Just, you never know. You probably, you might be able to afford it. You know, they might be able to work with you. There, there are, I will say new construction has been, books. new construction has been the space that I have been directing a lot of buyers and even buyer leads that are, that are just in a different situation, right? They don't necessarily mm -hmm. like, they don't want to pay the high, nobody wants to pay these interest rates, but they can't. New construction has been, and, and I'll even, I'll even say, um, there are some new construction communities. I know Christina hates this where investors can get into because they don't have restrictions and you mm -hmm. see some investors buying some of these and trying to rent them. Now that's a risk because you never know with a new construction community, what they're going to rent for. Um, but we're seeing a little bit of that too. I'm very cautious of a neighborhood that, um, the builders already so concerned that they're putting renters up, you know, yes. that makes yes. me very nervous. So. Very few of that. Super chat. All right, John said, uh, "Hey, y'all. Hope you uh, you've been well. Rent is getting pretty nasty here in the Tampa area. People are renting out hotels monthly now. You know, I've seen that. And you know, another thing that I saw recently, which I thought was pretty a cool idea, was somebody uh, renting out a uh, a room from uh, the cruise ships. Mm. 
I saw I saw a meme going around about somebody like a retirement couple doing that. I didn't know if that was legit. Yeah, a retirement couple did it, and then this yeah. uh, millennial did it because it was actually cheaper. And then he gets his laundry done, he gets his uh, you know, all of his bedding changed. He just gets food all the time, so he doesn't have to cook. And he's like one of those digital nomad people, so he can just work on the cruise ship awesome. and travel the world. And so he, like, I guess for him, he bought an apartment in the cruise ship, and it was much cheaper than buying a flat in in the UK. And I was like, good on him. That was pretty smart, you know. I missed the name I, on who who posted that super chat for the Tampa market, but it's interesting because I actually have a, a somebody who's been on our podcast and and somebody I know really well that does. Uh, I've talked about pad split on here before. Right. Um, and they're out of Tampa. And that's where Pat's what is this, where they're taking like these three and four bedroom houses and they're essentially turning them into rent by the room type of situations. Right. Where and, and some of them even turn some of these four bedrooms into six bedrooms. Right. And, and there's people on there's people on the wait list. These people know what they're getting into. But pad split. Um, it's, you know, investors are buying them up and people are renting out these rooms, which is interesting. you've got to be careful, though, because there's yeah. been some areas that have uh, forbidden that. And, yes. and you'll get you'll get in trouble with the, the absolutely city. absolutely yeah so, and if you if you're an investor and you're thinking you're going to get away with it you won't you know no. they'll they'll put a lien on your property so don't don't do that unless you <laughs> know what you're doing there sorry i'm going to look under here because i can't there, i only got one uh one screen so i have to look under to get maybe i can make this screen smaller so i can there we go there we go i can do that <laughs> So um, we have a couple other articles that I want to pull up. And if anybody has any questions during the stream, just make sure you put the word question first and then we'll put it up on the screen and Eddie will uh, have it. Look, we already got a question right here. Why can't they make it easier for everyone to build their own homes? I get that they won't be perfect, but the shortage could be solved in one year. Then fix them up after people are housed. You know, um, because of insurance, you know, like, you know, people don't know how to uh, plumb. They don't know how to do uh, electricity. If a storm comes through and it falls over, then the city's responsible because they didn't inspect the properties before they got the owner occupancy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many reasons why. Um, but you, It's not illegal in many states to build your own home. Just know that. You're just going to have to have be under uh, the the watch of a uh, contractor in order to do that. And you still have to go through the whole inspection period. Um, some areas are going to be a lot more strict on this than others. Um, but you legally, in most areas, you can build your own home. You just have to have the supervision of a um a general contractor. You're you usually going to have to have some permitting somewhere. You know, I think we're just adapted to a society that, you know, the government kind of gets to tell you what to do and you got to pay for permits and they have to check it off. And those are the laws. So the reality is, I just don't think most people are capable of have the time or the interest, right? Like part, part of this problem, and this, this is more of a social commentary too, I think, is mm -hmm. we are, we are becoming, you know, just a, as a human race addicted to convenience and, um, I'm finding that we're, we are seeing people regress back to simpler ideas, which I love, and hopefully that'll swing the pendulum a little bit, but we're just addicted to convenience. And I just couldn't see a scenario where most people would even want to tackle that much less have the capabilities, right. Um, to build their own house, you know, and that's, I think that's really what it is. Right. But then on the swing side of this, I just saw in New York, which is actually adopting some of the ADU, um, policies that California had because mm -hmm. they have such a shortage of affordable housing and they're giving people money to convert garages, um, basements, everything like when they're calling it ADUs um, for people to be able to rent out, they're giving them money to do it. 
And the, I'm New, like, New York, New York has a problem with they they have they they voted a specific state. law in some time back where they actually can't as a state turn away people. They, and mm -hmm. and I just I you know with all the stuff going on with some of the the um, refugee stuff they have going on at some of the hotels in New York City, I dove a little bit deeper on this. And they have some laws that 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 they've got in there that are really jamming them up mm -hmm. from sending people on their way, right? For lack of a better mm -hmm. word, is is just moving people through, and that they've almost had to to enact something where people start opening up their houses to people in some way, which is. Yeah. Annoying. I mean, I, but if, if you, uh, if you had a home in, in um, some of the outskirts of New York city and they, and they were willing to give you the money to re uh, re renovate that and rent it out. Heck yeah. I'd do it, man. <laughs> do it in a heartbeat. I always yep. say like, if you can find income producing property within your own property, you, that's a win, win, win. <laughs> As far as Absolutely. I'm concerned, you get, to, you get to look at, you know, you can see what's going on there. You know that they're not going crazy. You can uh, maintain it um, like you're right there. But that can also be a nightmare because somebody said, oh, didn't they used to call like when you rented out a room, a boarding house? My grandmother and my my great aunt had a boarding house. And I mean, a light bulb would go out and they would be knocking on these old ladies door and going, there's a light bulb out in my apartment. <laughs> and they're like, are you, are you serious right now? A light bulb, you know, she's 77 and you want her to get up and change out your light bulb. You're a 42 year old man and you can't change out your own light bulb. I just remember just like some people are just <laughs> I, I, I mean, like I said, it, it's I, I've been on both sides of that tenant thing because there's a part of you that's like, hey, if I'm a tenant, I I, I don't have to worry about the home ownership aspects, mm -hmm. and you know, some some stuff's just easier to do yourself. I know, but like sometimes when you have a landlord that won't do what they're supposed to do, that will drive you absolutely bananas. My mom, my mom's in that current situation. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen it. Yep. Maggie Smith has a question and says, is there a lag in prices in some estates? I bought my house for 60,000 asking price uh, in tw uh, 2021. It uh, looks like prices went up here. Does that increase in Walmart wage in rural parts uh, make a difference? Does the increase in Walmart wage in rural areas make a difference? So are you saying like, will your house go up because wages went up in your area? Um, there's so many different factors that would cause your home price to go up. Um, you know, the, the, anytime you have industry that comes to your area is always a plus for your real estate investment. You yes. know, it, that's, I mean, that think about Austin when they had SpaceX that was coming out there, boosh, it was like yes. somebody opened the floodgates. It was crazy. Yeah. So um, it, dep it depends yeah. on when you're measuring lag in some states. So I've I have been consistently saying May of 22 mm -hmm. was when interest rates went up. And we can now definitively see, especially in DFW, that was the peak of the market. May mm -hmm. of 2022, it has been a a wavy downhill kind of rise from those prices. Mm -hmm. um, I think so. If you're talking from then, there's absolutely been a lag, I think, in most areas. I'm sure there's some that still aren't, but that are down from May of 22. But is is it is it enough to entice people back into the market? It it hasn't been right. Days on market, again speaking for DFW, days mm -hmm. on market is way up. Um, inventory how, how is way up. up. Um, we well again at the peak of the market, we were talking fifteen to seventeen days, and we're easily uh -huh. between fifty and sixty five now. But isn't that normal? Like yeah, for us, yes. that that is normal. But uh -huh. from where people th just like interest rates are up from where people wanted them but they're not that bad compared to 1996. Right. Um, right. But yes, we are, we are in 
up from where they were back to where they were in 2019 before all of this started. Right. Because like this time of year to be on the market, 65 days was normal. No like, big deal. Typical because yes. of the holiday season. Absolutely. Uh, and then in the like the spring, summertime, 45 days was typical. You know, you might have a little bump, you know, between uh, July and August where it was only 28 days. But that's because everybody was trying to get in before the kids yes. start school again. The, that was like the average normal pace of time. This what we've been going through for the last couple of years, being on the market for 15 minutes is, is not normal. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing is 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 that now it's just became it's it just became such a large percentage. Well, this is a question. Such a large percentage of people's income. This is the biggest barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. Charles G with a ten dollars super chat says, um, making ninety k a year in California, and it can't even buy a home with current rates. Uh, the mortgage alone would be about like forty percent of my income. And do you know, Charles, I'm not even joking. The for people that are Gen X and younger that are uh haven't bought a home yes yet 42 percent the average person is paying more than 42 percent of their income just for housing. what will lenders approve you up to right now i want to say there's some lenders that'll approve you up to like 52 or 53 percent right now that's dumb it's that, that's a recipe for a disaster yes yes that is you can terrifying. lenders if lenders are going to give money at 52 percent of somebody's income that to me is predatory lending. They're setting those people up for failure. That's disgusting. Think about this number. Like in order, like to in order to get anywhere between that 25 and 30% of your income, mm -hmm. you know, in order to have a $2,500, $3,000 a month mortgage, which is not, should not be some, some standard. That's a pretty decently stout mortgage for most people. You're going to be mm -hmm. making nine, 10 grand a month. That means, that means you're talking about average homeownerships have got to be pushing six figures. That is not, Sustainable. Yeah. Somebody said not sustainable. Exactly. It's just it's not. not. And and like and and I every time it like it wavers between 385 and 410. Like, and then they say, Well, if just interest rates were a little bit lower, then people could afford a house. Do you know how many people can afford a four hundred and ten thousand dollar house? No matter even if the interest rates were at zero, not a whole heck of a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole heck of a lot of people. Yep. They don't earn that kind of money. The average person in the United States is not making three figures. Like I don't know where in DFW right now I could even find something to rent for fifteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a one bedroom, probably. Right, and that that used to be not that difficult to find. I mean, even prior to COVID, that wasn't that hard to find. Yeah, yeah. You've got to buy and stay now. If if you are buying in this market, it has to be a long term play. Right. And you know, that's what I don't I can think there's any people. buying and moving out in a couple of years type of deal right now. Right. If you're not planning on living in that home for at least seven years, don't buy a home. Please yeah. do not buy a home. Yeah. <laughs> and don't don't hold on to a hope and a prayer that interest rates are going to go down. And you can finance, refinance within seven years. It's very possible that could happen. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But it's very possible that it couldn't happen either. So just be realistic, yeah. um, especially when you're skating on a payment, like because most people buy a house on a payment. Like they know how much they can afford if the payment is X amount of dollars. That's what you have to be careful there about. too. Cause if you're skating on the line and, uh, and interest uh, and insurance rates have gone up, which they have at any time, your, my insurance doubled, doubled. Yeah. Because your price. house price went up, right? Yeah. So now they're, they're insuring a more expensive asset and they're not going to, they're just like the builders with the lumber. They're not going to reduce prices of home. Once, once lumber prices come down, this is the new standard. And that's, that is probably part of the problem economically in general. Nothing ever comes back down to earth. Eggs aren't right. going to come back down to four and a half dollars, right? Nothing's going to come back. 
it just won't go up. They'll sit there for a while until they can find another reason to raise it again. Yep. All right. We got a question. Why can't they just make it easier for everyone to build their own homes? Eddie, I, uh, I get that they won't be perfect. Hey, Eddie, I already, you already put that question up there. We already did that one. (laughs) Eddie, 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 I think he had too much caffeine today. (laughs) Uh, we have another question. It says, is there a way to prevent MLS from posting uh, the sale price? You can request that your house, your ha- like, I don't, this Not may be MLS. If you state. listed it on the MLS, I, we have to close it out on the MLS. Yeah. At least here locally. Um, now, filing it with the county, no, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to file it with the county. Actually, here in Texas, or at least in DFW, you'll probably get a letter from the county that looks really nicey nice that says, hey, congratulations on your new home. What did you pay for it? You can throw that bad boy in the trash. You don't have to tell them nothing. So according to this, it says there's no way to hide the sales price from public record. The sale price is easily calculated from documentary uh, transfer law, which appears on the face of transfers documents. See revenue and tax code section, blah, 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 blah. But you know, like the thing is, is all they have to do is go to the tax assessor's office and pull it up. I mean, like you, you can see how much somebody mortgaged a house for, and like you, 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 you can make some you can make some assumptions on what they right. paid for the house. But there are some numbers like their down payment and certain financial things that you wouldn't be able to get it exact. Right. You're not going right? to know what they they paid for their yeah. interest rate. You're not going to know their debt to income ratio. You're not going to yes. know like how much they put down. But you can make some assumptions when they're like the house is four hundred and fifty thousand, and they only have a mortgage for one hundred and fifteen thousand. Yes. Yeah, you can based off when they bought it and stuff. You can make some assumptions. Which is what the tax man here does. They just kind of like, okay, you don't you're not gonna tell us. We're just gonna guess, and then you can come protest it if we got it wrong. Right. Right. Florida rental markets aren't going down much. Yeah, like Florida, um, like around Miami, Tampa, they're not they're not doing bad. I have to talk to Ken Pozak about um, Orlando. I'm not 100% sure. I know some people that are in the Airbnb business has have gotten, and I know everybody in the audience is going to be really upset about this. They've gotten hosed this year because there's been so many like local laws that have passed yeah. that you can't have an Airbnb. And if you've had an Airbnb for the for less than a year, you're going to have to shut down your business. I mean, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to close. You know, like you stifled the market in your area. Well, people are just realizing too, like, here's the thing is, I say Airbnbs when it, when it makes sense, but they're, they're no, they're no cheaper than hotels. And here's the thing about Airbnbs. I don't get points. Like if I stay at Hilton, I at least get Hilton points. If I stay at Airbnb, I don't get it. There's no incentive for that for me as a consumer. So unless it's an area where maybe there's not a hotel I want to stay at, or if I get my dog maybe or something like that. But for the most part, Airbnbs, they're more expensive than the freaking hotel. At times, but yeah. some, some Airbnbs are crazy too. Like, yeah. I mean, you can, you can, uh, like you go there, they're like, bring your own sheets, bring your own towels. Uh, you can have like, like all this stuff, you know, mm. like, like make sure there's no water in the sinks. Like you read all these rules and you're like, dude, do you even want us to stay here? I'm going to go stay at a hotel. It's going to cost me a heck of a lot less than, and a lot less hassle. Yep. So, Oh, rent like one again. Oh, this is a long time subscriber. I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you on the stream. Thank you so much for popping in and saying hello. Uh, JK said, can a regular person build to code? Yeah, of course they can. But again, um, I don't know how it works in your state, Jay. 
But in our state, you have to have you have to be under the supervision of a licensed contractor in order to build your own house and build it to code. And it still has to make local building codes. You still have to pull permits and all that stuff. So, yeah, is that the same in Texas, Matt? You know, I don't know about the 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 um, general contractor having to be supervised by it, but uh -huh. it, it, that stands to reason. I'll be honest with you. I, I probably wouldn't be the realtor for somebody who wanted to do that one. I'm, I'm not the greatest land agent on the planet, so I'm probably not going to help you find that land in the first place. And secondly, like I think like, I wouldn't the, my particular sphere wouldn't involve probably having the right people for that. But I would imagine here that there has to be some kind of supervision for sure. Yeah. You, you know, like there's going to be people in the, in the chat that are going to bust you for saying real tour wrong. I know that's all right. <laughs> Do you know who cares? Yeah. Real estate agents. They're the you, ones who real care. Real estate agents are the ones who get super, super. Nobody else cares. <laughs> Muddy Seeker 77 says, Christina, would you purchase a home if the mortgage was 40% of your gross income or would it fall in line with the 25, 30% rule in the healthy range? Me personally, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of money, but I'm afraid of going broke. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have ever purchased a home, I made sure it was like so dirt cheap that even if I worked at McDonald's, I, you know, at a minimum wage job, I could still afford my mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. And I've always lived that way. Oh, I mean, and when we even bought this house, all the equity from our previous home went into this house. And I want to make sure, and actually our mortgage payment is actually less than it was in our previous home. Um, is that the part, of the, you just said the part of the American dream that I wonder if is dead though, because this is what we used to tell people. You buy your first home, you make a smart decision to your first home, and then you can roll that equity into your new home and have a better home that matches all the things that you want, probably for the same price. I, like, I think as, that's as, still there if you, you can so? get into that first home. If you could, if you could get the first, that's the thing. You is get the first, the first one, one. It's very possible, yeah. and that's why I always tell people like, uh, you have to kind of think outside the box. Like we used to say, a small little junky home that you can fix up, right? But sometimes the, even the small little junky homes are too expensive for somebody to purchase. Well, so, so think about like I, because you know I talk about manufactured homes. Think about a mobile manufactured home on a piece of land, not in a park, not where you're renting out the land, but where you actually own the piece of land. And sure, you know, is this your dream house? Absolutely not but the piece of land might be really nice. Mm -hmm. And then you already have your utilities out there. They're already the wells dug. Everything's done for you. So then you can save money to build your dream home in the future. So you stay in that manufactured home until you've organized enough money for yourself. And then you can build your dream home on top of that. And yeah. you can roll the land and the new house and make a new construction loan. It's very possible to do this. Not only that, if you're allowed to have the second if you're allowed to have more than one property on there, you could take that manufactured home, put it towards the back of the property, use that A, either for a rental or B, you could use it for a family member like a mother-in-law that you don't really want necessarily living with you. You could put them in the manufactured home, you could fix it up a little bit and then you have your new house in the front. It's You have to think of it differently. You're, like real you estate, you're gonna have to like, if you want to get in it now, you're going to have to think about it differently. And, and there's I, nothing I, wrong with the manufactured home. I'm going to say that flat out. I know people always turn their nose up to them. They're great pieces of property. They, they are fantastic. I'm I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just also think like if, if we just look at population disbursement of Americans, most mm -hmm. people aren't living in areas where land is available. Like just mm -hmm. honestly, right? Like, like if you tried to get land here in DFW and you lived in any, and you want to work any, anywhere in major metropolitan area, you're driving mm -hmm. such a hellacious amount. 
it doesn't even matter, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think for most people, the days of, of a home being in 25 to 30% of their income is going to be super possible without a pay increase. Mm-hmm. I just do not see this massive crash coming. I'm not saying it's, it's going to escalate. I think prices are going to come down, but I don't think we're going down to where, where houses are 225 again. No, right? like, no. Like, but that's, I think that's what people are thinking is going to happen. And I just don't see that. Well, I mean, it, it's possible in areas that had over construction, right? And if we have an, an, it's not going to last time it was because of homes that, you know, the, a collapse happened on um, many other things, but homes were the most significant part of it. People lost their jobs and then they lost their homes and their homes were overvalued and they had bought more than they, they could afford. Sure. This time around is completely different because these people bought a home <laughs> and the, you know, they, they had the incomes, but now they have so much equity. They have an equity position that they've never had before. And that isn't the case as, as it was in 2009. It just wasn't. When people That's are losing the terrifying homes, part, though. People have more equity than ever, and they're still not incentivized to move. They're not. They're not. Because what it's it, like, the would you, the market could be. Let's be realistic. Would you jump in with it? If you had a 2.75 interest rate, right? Would you jump into it Heck eight no. and a half? No. no. That's stupid. That's, that's what makes it so difficult though, because mm-hmm. the, the sellers, the sellers on the market. Now I will say, I think most of the sellers on the market have a need to move. That's mm-hmm. why I'm not, I don't totally hate being a buyer in this market. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually think there's some advantages. You you can negotiate closer, closing costs. You can right. negotiate repairs. You can do all those things we talked about before, but I can see why people who currently own their home if I, if I was a renter who had never owned a home and, and it was time for me to move out, my lease was up, I've, mm-hmm. I've been saving money with my parents, living with roommates, whatever, I wouldn't hate this market um, only because, especially this time of year, there is a lot of leverage on the buy side right now, today, probably until the end of January. I do yeah. think with it being election year next year and in the spring market coming around, I do think we're going to see interest rates dip enough to get people back into the market. And then I think they're probably not going to stay that way after November or December of next year. Right? My, my clients got a good, uh, years ago, got a great deal because they bought a house on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And those people were desperate, desperate to listen, sell. Them. Listen to everything we're saying right now. Who uh-huh. in the world right now would have their home listed during the holidays in a slow market where you're not getting very many showings, but you have to keep your home ready if you weren't incentivized to move? Like who's going to go, who's just going to test the waters right now? Not right. very many people. Right. You know, um, Charles says, I think my lender will approve me for 50% pre-tax income for my mortgage payment. <laughs> I should just move to Tennessee. It's cheaper depending on what part of Tennessee. Cause I've, I sent some people to Nashville and what the prices for homes were in Nashville in 2019. And what they are now is like, is jaw dropping. You, you and I work with a lot of referrals though. You saw yeah. the flow of people going to Nashville, Raleigh in 2019, 2020. It was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Austin. Yeah. Raleigh. Um, I didn't have, you know what the biggest shock to me was Boise, Idaho. I never had one person that went to Boise, Idaho. And then I found out that was like one of the hottest markets. I was like, what the heck? What's in Boise, Idaho? (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) All right. Money Sneaker 77 says, um, Eddie, we already did this one. Uh, Dennis says, just hung my license. Was that a mistake? Absolutely not. Do you know, I'm going to tell you this, Dennis, I got my uh, real estate license in 2007, entering into the worst, I'm sorry, 
I was at school in 2007, 2008, I got my license and the the headlines were like, we are headed towards a real estate disaster. It's going to be a bloodbath. And it was. But <laughs> anybody that um, in any business, if you want it, you will find a way, you know. And at that time, I I heard about this thing called short sales. And I was like, well, I'm going to figure out short sales because no one knows how to do it. And I took every freaking class there was under the sun on short sales. And then I became the short sale expert. Anybody that called the office, they said, well, I think I need a short sale there. They'd say, oh, no other agents wanted to do it, right? Because they were like, it was a lot of work. You spent a lot of time on the phone. And so they were like, oh, just give it to Christina. I don't want to deal with that headache. And I made some serious money because of the fact that you know, I was willing to help people when other people didn't want to take the chance. And because sometimes those short sales don't close and you no, have to take the risk. Yeah. And it's a lot of, it, it is a lot of work. There was a lot yeah. of phone calls, a lot of like, they won't accept paperwork unless you freaking fax it. You know, they wouldn't accept paper. Nope. No email. No, no. Only communication was you had to, uh, you had to uh, fax it. And then you had to have proof of all those faxes. I had some folders were this big and half of it was just fax papers so to antiquated. prove the fact that I faxed in. The Here, here's what, and tell me if this isn't true for you because those are hard, right? Like regular right. deals are easy compared to short sale deals. Absolutely. And this is why I think getting your license right now isn't the worst thing if you've been mm -hmm. thinking about it. One, you're coming into a market that's difficult. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's so you're going to learn in a market that's difficult, which I think inherently is going to make you better. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when things do ease up, because they usually do, um, you're going to be more skilled than your counterparts. Right. I can tell you one of the one of the biggest things that even I've ran into in my own personal business right now is just that real estate was different before. And now it's 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 different now. And do I want to go? Do I really want to learn how to do all this? Some different stuff again. Right. There's some old heads out there who aren't wanting to like I'm going to keep my real estate license. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people who aren't jiving with this market. So coming as a new agent, I think hungry, not knowing any better. There's a huge advantage to that right now. I do enjoy learning something new though. And I, I really love learning something that nobody else knows how to do. Yes. What <laughs> I don't like learning right now really. is, is right now the market for me is frustrating because it makes sense for buyers and sellers to do what they say they're going to do. It makes sense for some people not to buy. It makes sense for people some not to sell, right? And in a sales, because let's just be honest, real estate mm -hmm. is a sales job if you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And in, in a sales type of job, I don't have a hard sale for you. Like, no, man, I, I listened to your story. You probably should wait a little bit. Let's let's talk later, right? Type of thing. And um, I'm not built for the market where you've got to hammer people into submission and those types of things. It's just not I my never have been. No, it's not my personality at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. I know it's not yours either. Eddie, uh, Eddie Royal says, question in my area, DFW, Mansfield, Texas, was selling for 600000 These homes are set on the market for over 60 days. Then they dropped the price about 15000 and one just sold. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the, like there are some places that are going to need to adjust. But you got to think about this, though. I mean, in my area, I don't know how it is. There isn't many people, not a lot of people. The majority of people can't afford a six hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, and same thing here. That's not that's not. Eddie and I are actually friends on Facebook because I know him from the show now. But, oh, um, and so, <laughs> that 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 is that is what you're going to start seeing more of, right? You're going to see you're going to see sellers making adjustments. You're going to see you know you're going to see areas with great school districts stay a premium over areas that are deemed a little bit less exciting when it comes to schools, especially mm -hmm. here locally because that's our big that's our big thing is school districts. Um, which is why Mansfield is is particularly popular. But yeah, you're mm -hmm. gonna 
you're going to see sellers making adjustments. You know, you can even play the game a little bit of watching their last adjustment. If you guys just want a strategy to tell your real estate agent, mm -hmm. watch when they made their last adjustment. Sellers tend to make adjustments every three to four weeks if they're smart and trying to stay ahead of the market. Mm -hmm. So when you see they made an adjustment 19, 20, 25 days ago, I promise you that seller in their head is thinking what they did wrong and where they should go next. If you're ever going to hit anybody with an offer below their list price, it's about three weeks after they did that last price adjustment, mm -hmm. right? Because they're becoming, they're becoming very, I would say desperate, but they're thinking a lot about their decisions and whether they want to sell and all of that type of stuff. That has yeah. nothing to do with anything other than just, that's kind of how They're I not know. willing to play the games like they used to. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, we got a question here. It says, why is there a Fannie and Freddie? What's the difference? Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, what's the difference? And he's got it right here. <laughs> let's, let's look at these. He's going to make me put on my glasses. <laughs> Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were created by Congress. They perform an important role in the nation's housing financial system to provide liquidity and stability in an affordable mortgage market. They provide liquidity and ready to access funds, reasonable terms, and to thousands of banks, savings and loans, and mortgage companies that make the loans and financing. They, it like Honestly, Freddie, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac just offer different loan packages. There, there's just there's two different kinds. The, you, know, you either have to go to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, depending on what kind of loan you're going to need. So... Anyways, I, Eddie, go ahead and put up that article because Zillow came out with some some of their predictions. They have their crystal ball moment going on. Oh, <laughs> they do. They are buying up all of these ancillary real estate businesses. Oh, well, you know, and the, the, the predictions always crack me up because like they'll say they'll say one thing and then the, a month later they say the complete opposite. Uh, this is Zillow's 2024 housing predictions. Uh, Zillow predicts more homes for sale, improved affordability in 2024. I agree with them on this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because it, especially if interest rates can come down. If if the Fed actually drops interest rates and then um, more homes go up for sale, that I mean, that increase of supply, it's possible that home prices could come down with interest rates at the same time. It's possible. Right. Yeah. My biggest fear is that they come down so low, then we have a frenzy of people buying houses again. It drives it right back the, up. And then it will make home prices go back up. That's what I, that's my fear. Okay. More uh, more homes will hit the market as soon as home buy uh, homeowners accept the mortgage rates aren't falling anytime soon. They are falling. Who wrote this article? Yeah. They, they, <laughs> did they just come down last week? <laughs> they they've been coming down for the last three weeks. All right. Higher for longer is the key refrain for regarding mortgage rates. Someone is going to get fired. This is a bad article. Looking ahead for the next year in housing, it's becoming clear that high mortgage rates are have uh, some staying power. Expect more homeowners who are locked in in low-term payments when rates were near the all-time lows to list their home for sale as they grow weary of the waiting for the historical rates of 2021 to return. I guess that what they're saying is you don't expect 3% or 2% again. That's not yeah, don't, Yeah, which that's honestly, that's everybody should realistic. be very well educated on that now. Yeah, yeah. A stubbornly small pool of homes for uh, sale kept competition fairly high for most of the year, even high costs limiting the number of active buyers. With mortgage rates rising over the past two years, homeowners have reluctantly sold, have to sell, opting instead to hold on to their ultra low interest rates and current mortgages. Uh, many homeowners will have their eye on the home for the bigger, no backyard, extra, fewer bedrooms, preferred neighborhood across town. I and think. that, you know what? I agree with this because some, some people were like, 
Um, they were they were moving during this time in areas that they didn't necessarily want to move to. And then they they found out they made a bad mistake because it was in a school area that they didn't like. Right. So now there there are buyers out there that are willing to sacrifice moving to a smaller house with less yard to be in the school zone that they need. You, aren't you facing yeah, I, that a little bit too, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing we're seeing a little bit of that. I think the people who, I think more what happened, and maybe this is what you're talking about, is the people who made the the fast decision in 20 and 21 to buy a home because they felt pressured and all the homes were selling so quickly and they just felt like they had to get into something. There's a lot of those people that have tried to retest the market just a couple of years later, and of course that's unfortunate for them because they're they're struggling with that right now. But mm -hmm. I. I think that's where you see a lot of people making the mistakes. I feel like a lot of people who um, were trying to downsize, at least, again, it's just my little corner of the world. They've, they've kind of done it. I, I don't hear many sellers talking about interest rates. They're talking about prices coming up. So anything that drives prices up, which would be interest rates, mm -hmm. I think is going to cause sellers to, to dive into the market. But again, we already have an obscene amount of inventory here. So that's not our issue. Oh, well, lucky for you. But yeah. this is this is right in line with what we were talking about earlier. It says typical home buyer in October would be you know, spending about 40% of their earnings on their mortgage payment. Didn't we say that? An all-time high in Zillow data, which stretches back to the 1990s. While affordability will be undoubtedly remain a top concern for potential home buyers in 2024, there's no reason to expect those challenges to ease just to e challenges to ease up just a bit. Uh, Zillow's forecast calls for home values to hold steady in 2024, falling point, oh, falling 0.2%. And, you know, and this is only if the job market remains where it's at. If jobs start, if companies, so there's, there's a root, there's whispers of deflation, right? Which is always makes companies even more crazy, right? If there's deflation instead of inflation, their, their concern if they have that within like Walmart and those bigger companies, they start firing people. If people start losing their jobs, then they start losing their homes because they can't pay their mortgage. Yes. So uh, anyway, so this is only on the uh, predicated on the fact that there would be nothing else happening in the in the financially that would make home prices drop. Predicting how low uh, mortgage rates will move a nearly impossible task. But recent inflation gives, news gives impression that rates are likely to hold fairly steady as well as coming in the coming months, taking together the cost of home buying looks to, to be on track for the next level off next year with the possibility of costs falling if the mortgage rates do. If mortgage rates fall, costs are not going to fall. That, that doesn't even make sense. That's Who wrote this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the Zilla person needs to be fired. Um, <laughs> a new starter. Yeah, I wrote this article. <laughs> yeah, right. A new starter home will be the single family rental. Though improvement of for home buyer affordability is expected in 2022, uh, 2024, many ho households will continue to be priced out of priced out. Demand prices of single family rentals will continue to increase next year as families look for a more affordable house option. Enjoying amenities like a private backyard or home doesn't share with walls with neighbors. So I don't I don't know how it is in in uh, Dallas, but in some of the most populated popular areas a lot of you'll see a lot of these little neighborhoods popping up and you're like oh look they're building all these brand new first-time homebuyer houses they're so small and cute i love them oh i can't wait and then you go in there and they're all for rent they're all they were built specifically, specifically to rent big business big uh uh wall street 
are the ones who have built these houses because they know they can make a cash cow on rentals. Yep. Inventory has been a far below normal for a while, though Zillow predicts more homes will hit the market in 2024. Inventory will remain much lower than pre-pandemic norms. Facing limited choices, buyers will be willing to overlook small flaws such as outdated bathroom and kitchen. They're willing to do it now. You know, here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know. As buy, as buy, but see, here's the thing: is as buyers have more options, they're going to be less inclined to accept things that they don't like, right? At least that's been my experience. Right. If, if I have more options as a buyer, then you know, if, if it's a house I love, of course, I'm I'm, I'm always going to, or not I love it. If my, if my client loves it, I'm always going to encourage them to overlook stuff that's simple home stuff. Yeah. But not foundations, plumbing, electrical, roof, you know, HVAC type of stuff. Yeah. But um. It says, even with the less chance of being subjected to a bidding war, these homes won't come cheap. So expect buyers to, to frequent their local hardware stores as they work on the DIY home improvements. I, I, I don't even, I, honestly, even when interest rates were really high, the homes were the, that, that were the least expensive were still having bidding wars. The yes. one, uh, the, like, and if you add lower interest rates on top of it, it's going to even make people even more crazy. I call, so expired, I call expired and canceled listings every single morning. And between here locally, between November, let's call it like the like Thanksgiving and the end of mm -hmm. the month, there were 700 expired and canceled listings. Why? Because there's two, one, because there's, there's bad wow, agents out there, you know, in, in a market like DFW, where there are so uh -huh. many real estate agents, there are just a whole lot of just people who probably should go find something else to do. Mm -hmm. So there's that, right? People who overpriced the home. The seller said, hey, look, I saw my neighbor get this last year. I want to get it. So they just stuck it on the market. Bad photos, all the stuff that we normally see. But that's also still way, way up from what we were seeing before. There's more homes on the market. There's more coming off the market. Well, know? some sellers are too unrealistic too. Very much so. And there's agents okay. who do they anything still think it's like 20. Yeah, they think it's still 2021 and they can sell their house for a mint and they're not yes. willing to do anything, you know? Yes. This is interesting. Uh, artificial intelligence will enhance the home search experience. Generated AI uh, made waves this year, and Zillow expects AI advancements to streamline the home shopping and home selling journey in 2024. Yeah, because like when they got their grubby little hands in the home journey before, that really worked out for them. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, it didn't. <laughs> little newsflash for you, it didn't work out for them uh, in 2024. Improving the experience of home buyers and sellers and their agents. Oh yeah, because Zillow's really looked out for the real estate agent. Boy, they've really been on their side. <laughs> Zillow tech experts expect a variety of new tools, technologies designed for real estate agents next year, allowing them more time to connect with their clients and prioritize face-to-face -face interactions. Agents that, this have becomes a sales thing for Zillow at the this end. This is disgusting. Yeah. This is so not true. Everything that this is this company has designed to help real estate agents has been helped to help Zillow. You know, there's I don't are they haven't even, they ever even become a profitable company yet? I you know what I that is not the question for me. I know that a lot of these yeah. companies operated a freaking loss though. Yeah. Somebody's giving them money because they're out there buying up stuff like it's going out of style. Yep. So in short, Zillow says home prices are going to remain flat. They think that there's going to be a lot of inventory. They think interest rates are going to come down, but that's going to make it easier for people to purchase. Easier to buy. 
So that's that is that's typical Zillow play trying to play both sides against the middle. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo says, question, in uh, 1900 to 1930, you could order a kit home from Sears or Robach and have a local builder put it up. Uh, what about that in some form? Actually, there's a company called Zip Kit Homes, and you can do that. That, that. they they just doesn't they don't have as many companies doing it and i i don't believe zipkit only delivers in the like colorado like only a few areas around um i, I don't think they go any further than texas yeah i don't um, i don't i don't think there's a lot of them but they're the thing about the side note about those old sears and robux homes you can actually go google them there's still some still standing absolutely no they're they're bit, built very well they're, they're built very very well they show up on a train car could you imagine that it's like well yeah so cool. So the, that was the, one of the conditions in order to get one of those homes. You had to be able to pick up all the pieces from they they dropped it off on a train. You know, mm -hmm. like that was it. You had to go pick it up. And then like the, the thing about it is their designs were awesome. Yeah. And all the trim work you got with it and everything fit together like Legos. I mean, they had a whole thing that you could put them together and everything. Be so cool. Like I, I love reading the stories about people putting those together and they're like, yeah, they, they said that this home would take uh, a year to put together and took my dad 10 years. <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got a small, we've got a small section of Dallas that's uh pre-World War II. So we've got a lot of those craftsman style homes and I, I love, love them. I love them. I love, I wish they'd make those again and they would sell like hotcakes if they did those designs again. They do no. them cheaply now. We've got this little unincorporated area that like does them and they're just, they're cheap. Like, they're just, they, they, they're just all plasticky, right? The really beautiful part about those oh, is they're like wood on the, the you know, and the, the now it's like everybody does these like vinyl wrapped crap, like plastic patios and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Just a lot of vinyl, not, uh, yeah. But it makes it, it. But the thing is, is that when you do vinyl, it makes it a lot less expensive to replace. Oh, right? I, under, I understand why we've moved to this stuff now, especially with with new materials that we couldn't make back then. But I, I would, I prefer the big old woodwork homes. Yeah, we have a lot of wood around our house, and we've replaced like we've lived here seven years, and we've replaced a lot of wood because it's rotted out oh, because yeah. of the water. Yeah, and I'm it like, do well with water. At I, all. I, I was like, I was so like. You know, I just want hardy board. It looks so much better. And now I'm like, man, I wish I just stuck with vinyl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It would have been so much better. Uh, yeah, but somebody said something about uh, all that vinyl has off-gassing. Well, if it's outside, you're, it's ventilated. Probably not a big deal, but. Yep. If you have another question, go ahead and pop it up on the screen there, Eduardo. We have uh, 548 people watching. Thank you so much. If you're new to the stream, mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind, give me a little, a little thumbs up, a little little heart that'd be really nice it's great to see everybody we got hey uh matt i don't know if you know this but in the last week i got over a thousand subscribers so there's a lot of probably new people in the chat this week nice so thank Welcome, you so much for everyone. everybody that's new and old that's been in here i appreciate every single one of you uh mona says uh i made a mistake and rented to family members Ugh. i would never yeah. and they're behind i've been working with them but i'm not sure what when to ask them to move or sell the property you want to hear you want to hear you want to hear the worst part what you don't get to ask them to move anymore if they don't want to move they have tenant rights on their side and they can be a pain in the neck right like that's the unfortunate part is once you let family or anybody move in that would be great if they would just get caught up and play nice with you why christina said and i started making faces is that's not usually what happens and you well, have to depends go on the eviction process like anyone else in, in most mm -hmm. cases. You're just a victim. Like, do they yeah. have, like, I would ask, do you have a, a, 
do you have a like a contract with them? Is there is there a specific contract, a lease agreement that they signed? Kind of um, worse if there isn't. If 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 uh, <laughs> if uh, you if you have a lease agreement here in Louisiana and they are not paying, you have X amount of days. Then you go to the um, justice of the peace and you file eviction, and they're out. Audi. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they don't play around in Louisiana. You know, if you don't well, pay, I mean, month, you month to month does make it a little bit easier because at least you can start the process. Right. But it, it's exactly. just, you know, we've, I've, maybe you and I've talked about it before, but they're, they're, I don't think your people are this, but there are professional renters out there and people who people can take that process out a few months if, if they decide to push back. Yeah. Yep. We got a lot of new subscribers in the chat. Wow. No, that's, that's awesome. awesome. All right. Uh, Lawnmower says, Matt, have you noticed that Hamilton Park in Dallas has no new houses on the market? There, there are there are definitely, especially here because we have so many little pockets of cute little neighborhoods that, that, that don't have anything. It's DFW is weird, man. We got Frisco that's blowing up because they're going to put a Universal Studios and all this crazy things in up there. And that's still pretty bananas. You know, and you got other areas. I've got a listing in Fort Worth, which is a major metropolitan area. It's we got a contract on it yesterday after 65 days, which is why I use the 65 day mark because I just experienced that. There's a couple of people in the chat that are new that I'm going to shout out real quick. Uh, B14 for life. Thank you so much for becoming a new uh, subscriber to the channel. And Randall Ladd, I'm a new subscriber and find this very interesting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Oh, we we have fun here talking about real estate stuff. <laughs> if you have any yeah. questions, uh, anybody has any questions, just go ahead and put the word question first so Eddie can put it up on the screen. And if if you asked a question and he missed it, go ahead and ask again. <laughs> It's hard when the, the chat moves really fast. He's doing like four, 14 different things at the same time. And he's cooking a turkey. So he might have missed it and <laughs> not be able to put it up there. <laughs> Lamar says hit the like button or YouTube will reprogram your car's radio to play only Mariah Carey for holiday Christmas music. <laughs> hey, now, I, I, I don't mind. I like Christmas music. Of all things, I like Christmas music. <gasps> oh, I know we're talking about real estate, but I have to ask this question. My husband and I went to go buy a, a real tree, right? And my biggest dream, I've always dreamt this. I've always wanted a flocked tree where it looks like it has the fake snow yeah, on yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, I just really want one. Eddie was like, we're going to get one this year. We went to go look at trees. I only wanted a small one. I mean, like not half my size. I'm only five, five one, yeah. right? They wanted, do you know how much they wanted for that little tree? Just, just guess. I, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher than I normally would. I'm going to say 200 bucks. $169. That does not surprise me. $169. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we went, you know, first we went to Lowe's and the, you know, like the, we, I thought those prices were crazy. And then we went up to our local nursery up here and like, just to get it without the flocking on it, it was like 125 but I like flocking. Everybody, I know some people don't like the flocking. I like the flocking because Eddie won't <laughs> let me have uh, Eddie will not let me have uh, tinsel on the tree. So we we settled for flocking. <laughs> I, I can't do the real ones in my house anymore because I, I can't breathe. <laughs> I really like a flocking tree. All right, Nell says, "Question: Do you think the uh, housing market is going to crash like 2008 and 2009? Absolutely not. It, no. it won't look the same." It, the reason why it wouldn't look the same, and this is, you can like look across the board. During the 2008-2009 financial crisis, we had an 
excess amount of new construction that was on the market. There were so many new homes being built and builders were building them like the like the neighborhoods were going up like popcorn and like they thought the money would never end basically and uh once once the the floor fell out from underneath them they were stuck with all this inventory but that's put us in the position that we are in now so home builders saw what happened before and said i'm never doing that again i'm not building an excess of 100 homes and lose my rear end and go bankrupt yep. what i'm going to do is i know i can sell 50 homes a year. So I'm only going to build 50 homes. Maybe I'll build 52 just to be, you know, on the little safe side. And they were so panicked, even right before, right when the uh, pandemonium started, the whole pandemic started, they were freaking out and they were like, we're not building. They basically folded their arms and said, forget about it. We're not doing it. Forget <laughs> it. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden, all these people came out of the woodwork, trying to buy homes. And then they were like, Oh, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, wow. People are going to really buy homes. And then they got stuck with their pants down because they didn't have any homes to sell people. We have a lack of supply of houses. Yes. And for any significant, massive drop in prices where basically it would go back to prices that it was in 2019, we would need another economic collapse to happen for that. For the, to see those type of numbers. And, and, one, and one of the numbers too, that I think people skip on, and, and I, I love the way you describe the new home construction, because one of the things that I think you'll hear real estate agents try and tell you mm -hmm. is that this is exactly like 2008, because you want to know what number is exactly the same. We sold 4.1 million homes in 2008, and we'll sell probably 4.1 million homes this year. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear people use that number to describe why this is like 2008 and, and use that as your catalyst for knowing they don't know squat about what they're talking about if that's the first thing out of their mouth. Because th that, that new home construction is why it is so, the, the builders were left holding the bag on so many homes. Um, and, and, then, and then of course, predatory lending practices were the other flip side of what made 2008 in arrears so terrible is that people couldn't afford their mortgage. Now you got banks bundling bad loans, selling them off to people, you know, global issues. And issue. who bought the bad loans in all the bad homes? Well, investors, well, well, you know, well, banks. Yeah, and then yeah, they turned them into rental properties. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> so, and look, and look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dump on that too much because honestly, that's just that's kind of, that's millionaire. More millionaires are made in recessions than any other time, right? When, when times are no, bad, I, that's when people who are on top of make the most money. I, that's just how it works. The reason I poop on it is that all these banks were too big to fail, so they took our tax money. Yes to go ahead and buy back the houses that they gave crappy loans to, to begin with. And so they, they got to double dip with our own money. Oh yeah. And then, and then, the, then they used them for rental properties and they made even more money. Yes. So like, I, I know why they were too big to fail. I know why we paid them, but the way that they used the money to just bonus again was just gross to me. Yes, you know, I agree. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Peter says, question, why would rates come down because of it being an election year? Isn't the Fed independent? It doesn't even matter much, who's in office. Every I'll try time not there's to too much year. trouble saying this, right? Because <laughs> I, this is not a political statement, but any administration is not going to want there to be trouble in the year that they're trying to get reelected, right? They're yeah. just not. And mm -hmm. so they're going to do everything they can to make at least this part of it not a conversation. So whether that means artificially pumping money into the system, doing whatever they have to do in order to, to, to do something about that, that's what's going to happen. And you have the increased, 
you know, opportunity of we're probably going to see the same runoff as we saw in 2020 that we're going to see this year. So I think everybody kind of knows what a lot of the talking points are going to be. And last thing you want to do is give the other side of the aisle the opportunity to bag on you for Americans being broke. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's yeah. what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And that always happens every, it doesn't matter. And I used to hear this, like, like my, my great aunt, my, my grandma would be like, never buy a house during election year. They weren't Southern. I don't know why I gave them Southern accents, <laughs> but they were saying, don't, don't do that. Right. And I'm like, why the interest rates are lower than <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here, yeah. here's, I'll read, I'll read something to you. Right. In, in November, these are all November, December of 2008, the interest rate was 6.09. Mm-hmm. 12, it was 3.66. 16, it was 3.75 and 20, it was 3.07. Yeah. Those are what yeah. interest rates have looked like for the past four elections. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to see threes though. No. Oh God, no. I'll tell you right now. I take that 6.09. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I where are we at right now? What are the interest somebody, rates Somebody right commented like, you know, 2008 was an election year. Yeah, you're right. Or it, it was. And interest rates in 2009 were probably, or 2008 were probably better than they sit today. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I know people are talking their politics and who they're voting for and stuff like that. We talk about policies. I don't really, I don't give a fly and flip who you voted for. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I And it doesn't, to me, honestly, it doesn't matter. I always look at policies and how like the group, the majority have voted for those specific policies. Yeah. So yeah. that's what, if you, if you want to argue about policy, fine. If you don't, if you're just going to argue about your, you know, your person's better than the other person, stop. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Stop. The 30, the 30 year fixed as of today was seven, five, seven. See, that's, that's, it's getting better. Yeah. It's, it's better. better. Yeah. I, 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 I like if, if the fed freezes uh, rates again, do you think that they'll come down even more? Um, I think consumer sentiment will bring them down a little bit. What, what people, what, what I feel yeah. like people don't recognize now that's different than 2008 are these little things right here. The stuff that mm-hmm. we're to social media, right? People mm-hmm. talking and they, they, their concerns move so much faster and their minds change so much faster, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we didn't have in 2008 was the Fed driving the car all over the road trying to adjust for consumer sentiment, right? And, and which is what we have now, which is why you see it right. fluctuate so dramatically. Right. You know, you, in 2008, you didn't have interest rates doing this every freaking day, mm-hmm. right? Like it wasn't, it, not like it is now. So that's the other part of it too that I think is just messy. Yeah. Sue Jackson says, we're thinking about moving to Maryland uh, from Georgia to be close to a daughter. Would you, would a land purchase to put a modular home on, be advisable in Northeast of Baltimore? I would talk to somebody from that area. I actually have a connection to a couple of real estate agents in, in that area. Um, uh, Malcolm Lawson and Carolyn, um, can't think of her last name, Carolyn. I have it right in my head. Anyways, just reach out to me. Just go to my website, go to christinasmallhorn.com and fill out one of those forms. Tell me exactly, say you just put in the comment section that you spoke to me on the, on the live stream and I'll connect you with those two real estate agents that are friends of mine. Um, and make sure you put your phone number so I can give you a call. I actually do call you. It takes me about a week. <laughs> Terrible about that, but I do call you on the phone and we have a discussion and we can talk about your real estate needs. So I like helping people, you know, <laughs> I do. Eddie, is there any other questions that have popped up on the screen? If you could put them up on the screen, that'd be fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I just, I, I think that uh, the, the, the rates will kind of, um, I'm seeing them going to go down. I'll leave them a, a little bit more at the beginning of this year. 
I'm a little concerned for the back end of next year because mm -hmm. if incomes do not increase and we're looking at food prices, the cost of living right now is just so high and people are now living off their credit cards. Yes. We went from one extreme of people actually having a savings account to now people are living off credit. Uh, credit card debt has, ex has gone up ex like extremely high. And, you know, um, that's where I'm concerned by the, back end of next year, I think we're going to see some the most significant changes. Um, I think like like most people, this isn't a unique thought. We have a shrinking middle class and mm -hmm. that is becoming more and more apparent every single day. And Correct. I don't see how that could possibly be a good thing for the long-term health of our country. Right. I just I don't. Agree. We have we have teachers quitting their jobs en masse because students are out of control, which means the one part of, of this country that was still kind of had the higher level people working who just people who cared enough about kids to work for crap pay and deal mm -hmm. with stuff. Even those people are exhausted now. Right. And it, mm -hmm. my concern is we got a bunch of kids coming out of school who are not going to be raised by the most highly qualified people because who would take that job into a country that's not doing very great. For that financial. pay. Yeah. For that and, pay. And, and, and where, where do you go from there? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's a bigger fear for me in the long run than what interest rates are doing right now and who's president. Randall has another question. It says, is it better to get a loan through a mortgage company or through your own local bank? Oh, this is one of those things I will tell you, go to your like local bank, go to a mortgage broker, go to like, check them all out. I, I, I At the minimum, three different lending institutions yes. and check them all out. At the minimum. If you, if you want the three, I think you should go to your local bank, right? Like not because you bank locally at Bank of America. That's not your local bank, by the way. Right? No. A, no a, just, a, a larger lender. And and then and then maybe even someone virtual, right? That that is going to be hands off, like the rocket boards of the world. Now, what I'll tell you is, the larger banks you get, you're going to get a much more hands off experience. Mm -hmm. But you can still find great lenders at large mortgage companies, right? That are going to take care of you. But I agree mm -hmm. with the three. Yeah, I I always tell people like, don't just because you like the guy doesn't mean he's giving you the best rate, you know, just because he's really nice. <laughs> no, it goes the other way. Right. Right. Like when you're the person who asked earlier about renting it to their family members, family, I was just going to say that using your friend just because I actually tell people the worst thing you can tell everybody when you're a new real estate agent is that you're new and they should use you. You know who I don't want to use the new guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like go, go learn on somebody else. Oh, come and back don't, to me. I, I, I always say don't hire your family to do financial stuff. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, mm -mm -mm. nope. All right, we got a question. We are looking to buy in Linwood. Uh, Linwood. Oh, we're looking to buy a Linwood Ki home. There are homes are beautiful and seem to be have loads of choices. What do you think about this company and the pricing and reputation? We don't have them here in no, uh, Louisiana. Here. That is not a. That's not a company. But I would. This is what I'd tell you to do. I would go online. And just look to see if there's a Reddit thread about this specific builder, yes. right? Just yes. go look to see what people are saying and how they're talking about it. Stay away from uh, their reviews because A, you're just going to hear people with the worst experiences, mm -hmm. which is not always indicative of stuff. Or they're going to have just a bunch of bought and paid for five stars, which is terrible too. Right, right. Reddit is the place to go. Yes, or, I agree. Or go look for um, on Facebook. They have like... <laughs> Some some companies have Facebook groups that are be like um, like let's just say because they're, you're talking about this company like why we hate Linwood is the name of the Facebook group yeah. so go join that group to find out what they are now if it's a bunch of people that are just whining because they you know they didn't get their you know 
pad poured on time or something like that, or is yes. it legitimate stuff? You know, yes. go check it out. And then I would look to find if there's any news stories about them, like negative or positive news stories about that specific company. Um, and then when you, if you are going to go ahead and put in a purchase agreement for the house, even though it's a brand new home that, you know, like it's brand new, it's already passed local inspections, still go ahead and hire an inspector to go look mm -hmm. at that house. You'd be shocked, shocked on how much stuff comes out during an inspection on a brand new house. Yes. I, it's, I mean, and, and when it's brand new, I mean, you can be really, 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 really picky on the things that you want them to expect them to fix, you know? So, you know, don't feel like you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's just a few scuff marks. Nope. Nope. It's a brand new house. You're going to have them fix it. Right. Uh, B14 for life says I bought a home at 6.1% and curious when should I refinance? Cause the insurance and taxes just went in my neighborhood. Well, the, uh, your refinance, you couldn't refinance. <laughs> yeah. You can, you would be refinancing at a higher interest rate. So yeah, not now. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely not now. Like also, you had to keep in mind too. There's a cost that comes along with a refi, right? So it's usually correct. a one-time cost, but you want to make sure that that fits into your budget too, um, because they're gonna there's gonna be lenders' fees and things like that associated with it again for sure. And if you are gonna refinance, find out what those lenders' fees are, because sometimes they'll take a big old chunk of commission for themselves to do a refi. Yes. Just be like, look at those numbers closely. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's another thing too. If you're doing a refi, don't take the first person that says they'll do a refi for you. You shop that around too. Yes. You know, not it isn't just for home sale. DFW, um, Sarah has a question for DFW. Have you heard from Farmers Insurance and others are leaving DFW due to inflation replacement costs? They canceled me. This is true of everywhere in the United States. If, if we have really extreme weather here too, right? Mm -hmm. Like. When, when Texas was one of the, when DFW specifically was one of those places, and it was five or six years ago, people who live here will tell you it's not. But mm -hmm. for a top 10 major metropolitan area, it was very affordable to live here. It was mm -hmm. very affordable to live here. And it's, it, 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 is, it is not as affordable as, as it was. But I think part of the insurance cost too, we have such extreme weather here. I mean, everybody's getting a new roof every four or five years because we're going to get hailstorms, right? Mm -hmm. New fences. The, the weather just tears apart your AC. Yeah. I mean, I kicked the air conditioner on yesterday. It's December for crying out loud. You know, we, so it's just, we went from one extreme to the other. We, we were freezing yes. and now we're, we have the air conditioning on. <laughs> so I think as our prices have went up and mm -hmm. we have such crazy weather conditions here, it doesn't surprise me that insurance companies have pulled out, especially like farmers who is usually one of the first ones out the door um, when they're not profitable anyways. They've, they've done that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I will flat out say with full, my full chest <laughs> that uh, State Farm has got to be the worst insurance company on the planet. Well, <laughs> like, they're just they're a big box like anybody, right? Just like we look at Rocket or Bank of America, in order for State Farm to just to just be able to be profitable, they're going to take on everybody. They're going to take on every insurance guy that wants to come work for them, right? Like, like they're just... It's it's probably not the best place. They don't to get cover anything, and their no. costs are so high. They were yeah. robbing my parents when they were in Florida, and I had like, because my dad was like, "I've been there with them for thirty two years." I'm like, "Yeah," and they're raking you over the coals, Dad. They're not giving you anything. So I yeah. finally got him to go with um, USAA, and he was like, "Oh yeah, they're a lot cheaper." And I'm like, "Yeah," and they cover more stuff. USAA <laughs> great for insurance, terrible for home loans. What's that? Said so USAA great for insurance, terrible for home loans. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know about their home loans, but no, I know that they're, not they're, what they do well. 
the insurance here, they've they treated people that had it here in Louisiana with our hurricanes very well. Their like, insurance is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Their insurance is very good. Um, Raquel says, is there any hope for home uh, first time home buyers feeling kind of hopeless? Yes. There's always hope. You always yes. have the thing is, is if you're if you really want to buy a house and you're in this market where you know homes go very quickly, you just have to keep on it. You have to have a you have a real estate agent too that's gonna keep on it too, that will open that house up for you when you want to see it. Not in a week, not in three days, you know, yeah. like right away. You've got to yeah, look at new sure. construction too. You've got to take advantage of 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 the new construction side of things, I think. Like that is you know, this isn't about living below your means or any of that crap, because I think so many Americans are already doing that and it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. But from a home perspective, you just have to realize like your first home, it's just about banking the money that you were giving your landlord. It's not mm -hmm. about getting the house that you want necessarily. It's not about not being annoyed about where outlets are or the room being ugly or the layout. Like those things are all almost guaranteed. It's about no longer making your landlord richer. That is what your first home is about. It's about flipping that part of the wealth building process on its head and then building from there, right? Mm -hmm. So many people in the United States just don't have, I've seen it commented, we just don't have financial education. And we think the first house should be a home run. No, the first house, it's a home run just because you're getting back all of that equity that you would have normally paid somebody else, regardless of interest rates, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. you, it is a positive to own a home over renting it in almost every scenario. And don't quote Grant Cardone on me because I got a discussion for that too, right? Like, <laughs> Cardone only says that because he's out buying billion dollars worth of property. You're not. So don't try and be like Grant With Cardone. somebody else's money. Of course. He it's not even his Unless money. you're buying what Grant Cardone's, don't listen to anything that guy has to say. He's an idiot. <laughs> Javier says, uh, question, buying a shed under permit required. Can I build it and add on to the house without permit attached to the house? This will depend on your state. Like, in, in, and if you are in a homeowners association. Some areas will not require you to have any kind of special permit if you're going to do an ADU shed type home. Other areas are going to require that of you. So I would, would if I, if it was me, I would just go ahead and take your plans on what you plan on doing and go to the planning and zoning in your area. Go right up. Ours is at the courthouse. Just go right up there and speak to them and tell them what you want to do. And make sure you have all your information for your house, like your lot number, and all that. So you, you can show them that you are the actual owner and this is what you want to do. And they could tell you if you can or can't do it or, and even walk you through the steps. And if you really want to get good with them, my husband always brings some cookies. That's a, <laughs> that's a good move too. Yeah. <laughs> get nice, get nice with the planning and zoning people. It always Better works out. Ask, ask them first. So you don't get disappointed when they come and tell you to tear it down. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Benjamin Fleming says, how uh, how much money would you need to have to buy and set up a mobile home if you already own a piece of land? Again, this is very specific to your area and if you're buying new or not. So a little, little uh, investor tip for you, right? If you are living in an area that has a lot of local banks, sometimes they will finance um, manufactured homes and some people just don't pay their bills. So they, what they, it's kind of like a foreclosure process, but, but since that mobile home wasn't attached to a piece of land, it's not a foreclosure. So they sit in a, uh, repoed lot and they have a hard time selling them. So I've seen investors get brand new manufactured homes for as low as $6,000. So if you're willing to look in your area, and you're wanting to get a manufactured home and you have a piece of land, you could go to your local lenders and ask them where their repo lot is 
to see if they have any manufactured homes. I've seen them as like as like ones that had never, ever, ever been moved into that still had the tags on them or ones that are like one or two years old and they kind of smell like cigarette smoke and you have to fix them up. And then I've seen some like even older ones, like 10 years old, but you could, those ones that are 10 years old, you get them for like a thousand dollars, but you have to pay for them to be moved to your location. Just know that. Not that I ever want to, I'm definitely not implying that I'm laughing at someone's plight, but I'm just, I don't sell manufactured homes. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I just couldn't imagine like coming home and like, your car gets repoed, but your house getting repoed. Like you just said, they're in the repo line. I just picture somebody come home being like, the house is not here anymore. <laughs> like, well, the, it's, it's, this, the process is the same though. You still I'm get sure. like a note on the door. You're, you're let, they let you know. Yeah. Um, uh, they let you know, but I mean, they don't like yank it off too. Cause you know that it's, yeah, they on disconnect everything. Yeah. And so they have, it's a whole process yeah, to, I'm sure. to get it off there. So, uh, so the, yeah, that's what that's what I would say. It, it, it's going to depend on where you live and how much home, mobile homes cost in your area. You can go to the lots. You can even like sometimes when they it's just like cars, whenever they have new models that come in, they're trying to get rid of their older uh, show models that are on their lot. You can get mm -hmm. some discounts that way, too. But you have to you have to settle. Right. Like we were talking about earlier, if you're looking for a deal, you're going to have to settle for what they have on the lot. Yeah. Yep. So um, you may not like that cabinet color, but, you know, nothing coat of paint can't fix you know this is one of my favorite screen names utter bull spit yeah. <laughs> i love the play of words says um the president can fire the head off the fed right nope i don't think they they're independent <laughs> when they i don't say, know how that works I, was, mm -hmm. I don't have any idea i don't i don't know he can't i don't know if he can technically they can fire um the, the president can appoint and technically fire the Fed chair. Yes. Okay. I, I do not like this dude. So he, he'll read a statement, right? He'll read his whole entire statement out and he will, then he'll start answering questions and he plays the whole word salad thing. And he goes, uh, 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 uh. And he basically says the opposite of what his statement was that he was read, that he was told to, I wish have he didn't you, answer questions. Have you ever played the game where you watch the stock market while he's talking? No. Next time he's talking, just pull up like a like just some sort of live stock market thing. You will just watch it drop. This I mean, the second he opens his mouth, it just. I starts just wish in. that he would just read the statement and walk away because because <laughs> he I don't even think he knows what he's talking about half the time. Yeah, he's like, well, 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 well. Um, you know, uh, we're just trying to put some pressure on. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and we're just going to be playing this inflationary rate and it, it, like I'm like I'll read the notes afterwards and I'm like. Holy cow. Like, what did they give this guy before he went on there? Yeah. It's, it's anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. JK says in Texas, who is building more homes? The largest, uh, larger national builders like Lennar and KB homes or small local builders. Yeah. I mean, we don't, I mean, we got Lennar and, and DR Horton, uh, are obviously a couple of our big ones. Yeah. I mean, like, look, obviously the big national builders, more, more resources, mm -hmm. more manpower, those types of things. I, I, we have a lot of custom home builders here, but look, I don't want you guys to think that like everybody is in this to make money. Okay. Like don't think because Jeff builds homes in your community that mm -hmm. Jeff isn't going to charge you as much as, as DR Horton. Like there, there, there is a, you know, do you have a local gas station that's just in your town that's owned by somebody? Is their mm -hmm. gas infinitely cheaper than Exxon? No, no it's not. Do you mm -hmm. have a local coffee shop? Are they charging you way less than Starbucks? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Starbucks, Exxon, DR Horton, they are setting 
the price because they have more opportunity to see it move around. And then everybody else is coming in and basing it off of that. So Mm-hmm. Do we do we have some people? Sure, but are they are they giving out deals? Absolutely not. They're in the home builder game because they know you can make money at it, right? They're not out there giving out deals. You know, right. Well, since you know all the nor would you if you owned your own business, right? Like you just you would well, just follow the market. Yeah, if, you, if you're responsible for the PL, I promise you, you're going to hold that pretty accountable. So there are there are a lot of people here that are that are custom builders, and I think that's great. Um but they're not they're not infinitely cheaper than anybody else. If anything, I would say sometimes the custom home builders might be a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. um, but you're getting what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So this question, can you uh, can the market not continue to be dominated by deep pocket investors that shout out uh, that shut out that shut out an individual? Eventually, just a few will own the vast majority of real estate. Now, this will depend on your area, too. Mm-hmm. So. In the Sun Belt is where institutional investors have bought the most homes. Um, it was really bad in Atlanta there for a hot minute. At one point, there was like, I forget what month it was. I wish I wrote this number down, but it was 32% of the sales were done by investment companies. Yes, and that's a, not surprising. It would re, like a large number. And yes. they were buying them in the most affordable areas. Of course. Always. And yeah. um and like people are like, oh, those institutional investors, you know, once the market goes down, you know, they'll give up their home, those homes. Oh, no, 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 no. They know exactly what they're doing. I don't think people really contemplate how much money sits on the sidelines, right? Like how much money just is sitting on the sidelines ready to deploy. Like, again, these companies have money set aside for these times. That's mm-hmm. how they take more territory, candidly, mm-hmm. right? Like that is what you're going to see is. If anything, lower home prices are going to incentivize them to buy. Um, the way to fix it, everybody stop buying their product for a short period of time and make it hurt. And everybody's too self-involved to do that. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? that's just the reality. Like mm-hmm. you, people can't not live somewhere. So they they have to go buy these people's product. And so they're going to survive based on the fact that they just know most people are going to come through anyways because they just need what they're offering. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody's wrote in here really quick. They, she thought I said Linwood Kit Homes. I said Zip, Z-I-P, Zip Kit Homes. Zip. And that's all of Colorado. Zip Kit. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? If, if somebody wanted to get a hold of some builders in your area, that even the custom home builders, how would they get a hold of you, Matt? Well, they can reach out to me, obviously, right here. My, um, my I'm very Googleable as far as phone number and email address. MattKelderman.com is the easiest place to go find me. Um, oh, look, and, and look at that handsome devil. I know that's what the, the beard is not representative of the guy on there right now. One oh. of these days I'll, uh, don't look at my YouTube page. Christina's just gonna make fun of me for, I never, I never post on it right now, but uh, I am still oh, there. But it says the, new episodes. It's, <laughs> every Thursday. <laughs> when was the last liar? one? When was the last one? A year ago. Oh, oh my God. Liar, yeah. liar, pants on fire. But he, he, you know, my he's content intense. creation is not what it was, but, uh. I'm still the same great Matt. <laughs> All right. If you guys need to get a hold of me and you're looking for a real estate agent in your area, I'm connected with thousands across the country. All you have to do is go to my website, christinasmallhorn.com. Hit on any of the pink buttons. Make sure you fill out the, for- out the form. Make sure you leave your phone number, please. And I will get back to you at my earliest convenience so I can connect you with a real estate agent. If you don't leave your phone number, though, I can't get a hold of you. And I will email you and say, I tried to call, but you didn't leave a phone number. I do write that. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go ahead.
ahead and wrap this up. But just remember, hitting the like button is for free. All you have to do is smash it on the way out. I appreciate it. And if you're looking to, to listen to me, listen to this live stream after the fact, you can go anywhere you listen to podcasts. This recording is recorded as a podcast. And he puts it out first thing on Monday mornings. Thank you so much to all of our moderators. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate you spending the last hour and a half with us, even though you were late. I know. Even though you were late, you I requested was. to come on here and you I were did. late, sir. I had, I had a kid, I had an early kid pickup and my mind got frazzled. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I can't <laughs> help myself. Thank you so much to all the older subscribers that have been around forever. I appreciate every single one of you and the new scrub. So bleh, and the new subscribers that have popped in today. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday. And if you have any ideas that you want to talk about, let me know in the chat after the video is posted. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Next week, oh, we get to you. It's not uh, Mariah Carey, but. <laughs>